Well, good morning, community of grace. Good to see you today. Also good to be with you who are watching over in the sanctuary and those who are watching online. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. It's good to be with God's people today. We are continuing now on a sermon series that we started at the beginning of the year called Spiritual Body Building. We are talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit that are described most especially in 1 Corinthians, Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. And we've been working our way steadily through a list of gifts, and it's a pretty extensive list. There's way more than we can cover just even in seven weeks of a sermon series. Uh, But we've been taking that time to work our way slowly through it. And we've been learning about spiritual gifts because they are essential to the life of the church. First of all, they are spiritual. They're not just something that we've made up, and they're not something that comes from some dark place. They are gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So these gifts are gifts that come to us from the Holy Spirit, directly from God to his church for the purposes of building up the church. But they're also gifts. And the thing about a gift is you can't earn it. A gift is something that comes to you free of charge. It's nothing you can do to earn a gift. You just have to receive it. Open up your hands and receive it. So these are spiritual gifts, and I really want to encourage you. If you're behind, if you feel like you haven't been able to be here every week over the course of January, that's all right. Go back and review these sermons. They've been brought to you by a number of different pastors and teachers within our congregation, okay? Last week we heard uh, Kevin uh, I want to call him Pastor Kevin because it's not long before Kevin Sheldon's going to be Pastor Kevin. And uh, he shared some great words with us. Pastor Angie, the week before that, I got a chance to kick it off the first week. Go back and review because we are unpacking not just these gifts, but an understanding of what the Holy Spirit is up to today here among us as his church. So I really want you to take time to do that. And you know, something that I've been hearing back from people that really encourages me as a pastor is that for some, this is completely uncharted territory. This is a new place for people to be stepping into. They've never really heard that much about spiritual gifts or spent that much time exploring spiritual gifts as they are listed in the New Testament. That is great, friends. It really is. It's wonderful because that means this is a new, fresh take for you. It's a new place for you to be experiencing and understanding a a key part of what God wants us as the body of Christ to have for our strengthening. That's why we've been calling this spiritual body building. You're a part of the body. What God is doing in you and the gifts that he has given to us as a whole and to you as individuals is so central to where he wants to take us going on into the future as we move forward in this vision and mission we have here at Community of Grace for grace to be in every corner of this community. That's what we're hoping for and what we're praying for. So I'm glad that you are taking time to do this. I'm glad that you are uh, engaging in this, and I'm glad that it's new to many of you. So today, we are going to continue on listing some of these gifts and talking about some of these gifts. And last week, uh, Kevin kicked us off into these gifts called proclamation gifts. And that's just a fancy term for speaking gifts. Okay, Gifts that are spoken, that are outspoken and spoken for the purpose of building up the body. And Kevin kicked us off by talking about evangelism and by talking about evangelism and talking about teaching. Thank you. I was paying attention. (laughs) I was. Talking about teaching and evangelism, both speaking gifts for the encouragement and building up of the body. Well, I get four of them to cover today. (laughs) So strap yourselves in. We're going to be here for a couple hours. So, no, I'm kidding. But there's way more than I can cover in this particular sermon. But I want to get us a, a... 
a handle on what we're talking about today. These four particular gifts, they're prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discernment of spirits. Those are the four we're talking about today. And it's great that they're lumped together because actually they have everything to do with one another. They weave back and forth within them. And sometimes the lines even get blurred between one gift and another. That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Some people will have perhaps more than just one of these particular gifts. Others may only have one. Others might not have any of these gifts in particular. That's okay. All right? It's okay. We're a whole body. God has given gifts to each person here. And some of them might be these gifts. So just be listening and learning as we go along. Like I said, prophecy, knowledge, wisdom, and discernment, they're proclamation gifts, but I want to say that there's something more than that. They're actually listening gifts. Okay? They're listening gifts. These are gifts that require a high degree of listening Listening to what God is saying, listening and, and listening to what the Word of God teaches us, listening to those who have lived life perhaps a little longer and have applied these various gifts into their lives. There's a listening part to these gifts that is so central to understanding what they're about. So I want to give some definition today to some of these gifts, and then we're going to dive further into God's Word to explore and understand more about what they mean. Prophecy. I'm starting with prophecy because many of these kind of flow into prophecy, and prophecy can be kind of a scary word. When you hear the word prophecy, people get in their mind a picture of a prophet, right? The prophet, thus saith the Lord. You get an Old Testament vision of that man in the, in the gray beard sitting down by the shore, pointing his finger up at, at the people of Israel going, repent ye! It's kind of powerful, scary vision. It's really not meant to be that. But that's some of the imagery that we have in our minds when we think about prophets. Prophets are just people who speak what God wants said. If you're taking some notes today, that'd be really good to be taking some notes on these particular definitions. Prophecy is speaking what God wants said. God has things that he wants to say. He has things he wants spoken to his body. He has things he wants to speak to you personally for the encouragement of the whole body. So we listen to what God has to say and what God wants said. That's what prophecy is. Listening and speaking what God wants said. So there's a lot of different ways that you can see prophecy being applied all over the Bible. The Old Testament has those who spoke on behalf of God who were filled with the Spirit and had particular messages to say to the people of God in that time period. And almost all of them in one way or another were pointing to one thing, actually one person, Jesus It was all meant to point towards Jesus. That's what the prophets were doing. They would point to those who were within the people of God, the nation of Israel, and would say, look, you're not doing something or you're not being something or understanding something about God that you need to understand or turn back to understanding. So there's a pointing at people, and then there's a pointing to Jesus. That happens all throughout the Old Testament. Then we come into the New Testament, and we see somebody like John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is that that forerunner, that kind of turning the corner between the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament prophets. John the Baptist was there to make the way, prepare the way for Jesus. And he pointed at the people again who were there, 
and said, listen, you're not understanding this right. You're not understanding what God has really desired from you and for you. And here it is, Jesus. He points back to Jesus. Jesus says, of the old prophets, there were none greater than John. But then we come into a new time with Jesus. Jesus becomes the fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus becomes the one that it's all about. And now in this age that we live in, the age of the church, the age of Jesus, we begin to understand what prophecy means now. And it's still pointing back to Jesus. It's still speaking what God wants to be spoken to us. So it still has a similar purpose, but it plays out a little bit differently. So I want to continue on with this list because we're going to get into some more of the whys and the hows and even an example from Jesus himself. So that's prophecy speaking what God wants said. Word of knowledge. What's a word of knowledge? Well, we can all have things that we know, okay? The word knowledge is pretty common, right? Knowledge is what you do when you go to learn something. Knowledge. So what is a word of knowledge? Well, word of knowledge obviously is something beyond just what you and I would know. Because it's a spiritual gift as it's put into this context. So a word of knowledge is knowing what God wants known. You got prophecy, which is speaking what God wants said. You've got a gift of knowledge or a word of knowledge, which is knowing what God wants known. So what is it to know what God wants known? Well, the thing is, is it might be something that you don't know yourself. That's the thing about a word of knowledge. It's something that God gives to the church. God gives to some individuals within the church to be able to understand something that God wants to be known. And this can come in many different ways. It can come from people who diligently study God's word, recognize the Holy Spirit working in God's word, teaching them things, and then knowing something in particular from that. That's, that can be a part of both general knowledge and a spiritual gift of knowledge. But beyond that, it can also mean knowing things perhaps about someone that there's no way that you could know apart from God showing it to you. And that's where things start to get a little scary for people sometimes. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean God can show you something about somebody that you didn't know before? Yeah, he actually can. And he actually does. And we'll look some more into God's word to see exactly what that means in the person of Jesus and then how it's meant to work within the wider body. So that's a word of knowledge. Then there is a word of wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge kind of partner together. A word of wisdom is applying knowledge God's way. Applying knowledge God's way. So you've got a word of knowledge which is knowing something that God wants known And then there's a word of wisdom, which is taking that word that God wants known and knowing how to apply it God's way. There's a a passage in the Bible, and I forget the particular reference, but it says this. It says, knowledge puffs up, okay, but the spirit builds up. Knowledge without wisdom can be just a whole lot of things that are clogged inside of your head that make you feel really great about yourself. But knowledge with wisdom is knowing how to apply that knowledge. And in particular, a word of wisdom is knowing how to apply that knowledge God's way. How does God want this thing that he has revealed to you or that he has shown to you from Scripture or through the Holy Spirit, how does he want it expressed his way? That's wisdom, a word of 
wisdom. And finally, discernment. What is discernment? Discernment is determining spiritual sources and motives. See, the discernment gift says discernment of spirits. In many places, that's what it says, to discern spirits. Well, what kind of spirits? Well, there are a lot of realities in the spiritual realm, folks. The spiritual realm is just as real as the natural realm. But we don't see things in the spiritual realm. That's not the kind of natural eyes that we've been given. But through the Holy Spirit, we can understand some things about what is happening within the spiritual realm. That's what God reveals to us in his word. He shows us these things. So to discern is to know what's behind what somebody might be saying or thinking or doing. Now, if you can put these together, you can see how they could work together within the body of Christ. Somebody has something that they think God wants spoken to God's people, and he reveals something that he wants known to God's people, and he shows the way in which he wants it to be known, but you're not absolutely sure about it, or you're not sure if this is the right thing to share, or you're concerned about it. There may be somebody within the body of Christ, within this room, who has a special spiritual gift of discernment. And you go and you share with them first. You sit down with them and you say, you know what, I'm not sure necessarily what this is all about, but can I just share this with you? And you share it with that person. That person is is a person of discernment. And they're able to listen to you and go, hmm, you know, that sounds like it's in line with God's character. Sounds like something that Jesus would want spoken to his people. I think that's a word from God. I think the Holy Spirit is behind that. But there might be another occasion where they share with you, you know what, that just doesn't quite sound to me like what God would want said. Or that doesn't sound like it's an example of God's spirit being revealed there. Jesus had to do this with his disciples quite a bit. (laughs) There's one passage where the disciples come back after, after having done all kinds of miraculous, powerful work, and they're walking along with Jesus and continuing on this path with Jesus, and, and they, they see these, these places where there are those who are speaking about God, but, but, but they're not on their team. They don't feel like they're on the same team with the disciples, and so they look to, to Jesus and say, Jesus, should we call down fire on them? Sounds like a prophet kind of thing to say, right? Jesus, should we just call down fire and destroy them? And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. No, no, that's not coming from the Holy Spirit. Whatever that desire is that you wanted to do that, that's not me. That's not God. That's not what he's up to. Of course, Jesus would have the gift of discernment. All of these gifts are somehow within the person of Jesus Christ. So that's discernment. Now, I know I just ran through a whole lot of things about those four things. So that's why I wanted you to have those definitions, because they're going to help us to understand a little bit more about why these gifts are here and how they work within the body of Christ and within the Bible. So the first question is why? Why does God give these gifts? Well, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, 3 says this, 1 and 3. Okay, I'm skipping over one verse in between, and I'm not going to tell you why right now. Read the whole thing and you'll understand a little bit more why I'm skipping some of the context that's going on here because Paul is talking about a lot of things in chapters 12, 13, and 14. But in 14, this is what he says. He says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And then verse 3 says this, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. 
strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Those are three really important words when it comes to understanding these gifts. Boy, I'm just standing around here so much, I'm knocking stuff over, Dan. Wow. Strong word, right? (laughs) But that's what it means. The, The reason the why of these gifts are given to the church is to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort or to console. They're not given to the church to beat people up. They're not given to the church to make you feel more spiritual or holy than somebody else. They have nothing to do with that. They are there to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Now, just listen to those three words. Do those three words remind you of Jesus? One who would strengthen, one who would offer words of encouragement, one who would even comfort and console those in a manner that's not just a human way of doing that, but comes from the heart of God himself. That's what these gifts are for. That's why they are there. Now, let's take a look at how they are applied in the most perfect example ever, okay? The most perfect example, which is Jesus himself. I want us to look at a passage of Scripture, and I'm not going to teach a ton about this passage because many of you may have heard it before, but either way, I want you to listen and hear what it is that God has to say. And uh, as I'm doing this, pardon me, folks up there, because watching on the screen, just keep it right there because I have to get my glasses. So if I don't have my glasses, I can't see. And if you can't see, you can't listen to God's word because I won't be able to say it. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, if you have a Bible with you today, to John chapter 4. And if you don't have a Bible, I know we have some ushers who would be wonderfully willing to hand out a Bible to you. We have some Bibles you can use this morning. And you can open up to John chapter 4, or on your handheld Bible, or however it is that you got it. Handheld Bible. That'd be like your phone or something else like that. (laughs) Open up to John chapter 4. We're going to dive into this story. I'm just going to read through this story starting at verse 7. It's an encounter between Jesus and a Samaritan woman, and it goes like this. When a Samaritan woman came to drink, to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and this well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. Fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you are not, now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that this place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. 
Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Now, I want to just look at this whole story a little bit. This story contains in it all four of these spiritual gifts at work. You have Jesus coming to meet this woman at the well. It's just Jesus. He's just at a well. He realizes this woman is a Samaritan woman. That wouldn't have been some type of spiritual knowledge. He could have observed it. He knows where he is. And he also knows the ground rules, which is you wouldn't go there and speak to a woman at the well unless their husband was present. And even in that case, you would talk to the husband, not to the woman. So she's a Samaritan, which is some that they wouldn't inter- interact with. And she's a woman. But Jesus knows that there is something that God wants said to this woman. There's something in particular that is meant to be shared. So he goes beyond kind of the customary rules and speaks to her. Woman, give me something to drink. And now the woman responds with going, boy, this is really out of character. This doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? Why are you talking to me? You shouldn't be talking to me. It's not a good idea. And Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God, the grace of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now, that sounds kind of goofy, doesn't it? I mean, if you're out there looking for a drink of water, and somebody says to you, you know what, if you had asked me, I would have given you living water. Well, that needs some explaining. It doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't, clearly doesn't make any sense to this woman who's hearing it first, too. She says, wait a second, I'm at a well. I know what this well is about. You don't even have a bucket to take water out of this well. What on earth are you talking about? And then Jesus continues on to prophesy, okay, to bring words that God wants spoken. And he says to her, this metaphor of everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, there's something about the way in which Jesus says this that touches something within the heart of this woman who's hearing it. And she goes, wow, give me that water. Whatever that water is, give me that water so that I don't have to keep coming back to this well. Because she didn't want to come back to this well over and over again because this well is a place of shame for her. Because she has multiple husbands, there aren't any other women who are there, and the reason there aren't any other women who are there is that she's going to her at there at particular times so that the other women wouldn't be there. Because the women would talk to each other around the well, and just like guys or gals or anybody who gets together in a little circle like that, it's like gathering around the water cooler at the place of work, right? That's where the gossip happens. And that's why she wouldn't want to be there. And Jesus knows this. How can Jesus know this? How can Jesus know that this woman has had five husbands? He asks her, and she says, I don't have a husband. But Jesus knows something more. Jesus has a word of knowledge where he's able to say, no, you're you're right. I know you don't. In fact, you've had five husbands, and the one you're with right now is not your husband. What you've said is very true. Now, that was both a word of knowledge and a word 
of wisdom. How is it a word of wisdom? Because Jesus says it in such a way, applies this knowledge to the situation in such a way that it doesn't shame this woman. It doesn't make this woman run away and be like, oh my gosh, I've been found out. It wasn't a word of prophecy over her that's like, I know that you do not have a husband. It's not driven in that direction, is it? It's said in such a way that this woman goes, you are, you are clearly a prophet. So now tell me more. Tell me more. Speak to me about worship. And Jesus continues on to share more about this. Jesus discerns the situation. He knows spiritually what is happening. He knows what's within this woman, why she is there in this place of shame. He's got knowledge. He's got discernment. He's got wisdom. And he's speaking prophecy. It's all right there. And they're all kind of weaving back and forth with one another, aren't they? So that's an example from Scripture of Jesus operating in all of these gifts. So here's the thing. You're not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. But together, we are the body of Christ with Jesus as the head. So there is something about the way these gifts are meant to work that they are meant to work within the body to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort. There are things that need to be spoken to the body of Christ to encourage it. Sometimes those words in particular come from up here, from the guy who's up here doing this. Sometimes they come in conversations that you're having with someone who you know is going through a hard time. Sometimes you may just see somebody across the commons and go, there's something about that person. They need some encouragement today. I don't know them, or maybe I hardly know them, but I can just sense by looking at them, they need somebody to come over and say a word of encouragement to them, to just come to them and say, hey, how are you? You look, you look like maybe things are down. I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but it looks like maybe you're, just, you're having a really hard day today. And in that moment of doing that within the body of Christ, there's somebody there who gets built up. Because there's somebody who goes, oh, wow. Not only was there a person who's a part of this body who knew me, but somehow God knew that that person needed to come and talk to me. I've heard those stories over and over and over again, and I've heard them from you. Whether it was your first time at Community of Grace or it was your, your second time, you've been here your whole life, where there was that one moment that you can go, I remember when that person came up to me and said this, and it meant so much to me that they did. That's a way that these gifts can operate within the body. We are that body. We can also say that we're a team. You know, as we've been talking about the spiritual bodybuilding, we've been using this metaphor of bodybuilding and of strength training, but we've also talked about having a personal trainer, somebody who trains you and shows you how to strengthen your body. Well, that is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who comes to do that for us. And he operates like the coach, the coach of the team. And many of you may know that there's this little game that happens quite a bit around this time of year. It has this oblong kind of ball, and they, sometimes they kick it through these uprighty thingies, and other times they carry it and pass it. You know what I'm talking about? Football. <laughs> Football. Well, let me share with you how I see this playing out. Maybe this will help some of you connect with what this is like. You have a coach on the sidelines in these games, and the coach is there to call plays. And if you watch professional football and even college football, you know that they've got a particular way they do that now, which is the quarterback has a headset on inside of his helmet, and he can hear what the coach is calling to him to play. 
what the play is going to be. So he waits in on the field. The coach is on the sidelines and says, here's the play. Speaks it to the quarterback. Now the quarterback gets together with his huddle, with his team, and he knows the play. So now he speaks the play to his team. Team, this is the play. This is what we're going to do. And everybody within that team knows what their particular role is to do as a part of that play. Why? Because they know the playbook. They've studied it. They've practiced it. They've gotten to know it really well. So it comes from that coach to that quarterback. That quarterback then shares it with his team. The team members listen and they discern, okay, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Where should I be going? They know it because they have knowledge of the playbook. They get up and now they look at the defense and they look around and they go, hmm, what do I specifically do right now? Where would be the best way for me to work in this particular situation? That's wisdom. And that's discernment. What do I think that guy is going to do? <laughs> Where do I think this is all going to come from? Now, this metaphor starts to break down. I get that, okay? Because sometimes the quarterback calls an audible. I wouldn't want to be the one calling an audible on the Holy Spirit. Well, Holy Spirit, thank you for giving me that play. I got a better idea. No, okay? It doesn't work that way. But you see how this plays out in this way as a team. And the whole team has to be a part of what's going on. A word of knowledge, that's the playbook. That's understanding the playbook, God's playbook, how he has acted in the past, how he wants to act today, how he wants to love people, encourage people, strengthen them, how he wants to do that. That's the playbook. Wisdom comes by practicing the plays. (laughs) You practice them enough, you get used to the playbook, you get used to knowing what it is you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And you have a coach there who's there to encourage you and be like, ah, okay, no, you know what, I want you to do this instead. Then there's discernment of reading the defense. Okay, listen. We are a team and we are a church. We are the body of Christ. And in particular, we are community of grace. Community of grace. That word grace in the Greek is the word charis. It means grace. It means God's unmerited favor. Grace, charis. But there are two other words that show up quite a bit in the Old Testament and the New Testament that come right out of that word. One is charisma, and the other is charismata. Those are gifts. The gift of grace is a charisma. And the spiritual gifts are pneuma charismata. They are the spiritual gifts. So gifts and grace go right hand in hand together with one another. That's why it's so important for us as a body to listen and to learn what God is saying to us as a body because we are the body of Christ. We are a community of grace and we are called to go out, be and make disciples so that we can see grace in every corner of this community. To see grace means we're going to see gifts. We're going to see our gifts at work, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he's given to us as a body. And they all have to be functioning And you have one, friends. You may have more than one. Because you have the Holy Spirit. He has been given to you personally, as well as to us as his body. Let me share this as I get ready to close here. We're not pros. Okay? We're not the Minnesota Vikings. We're certainly not the Green Bay Packers. 
You're paying attention, good. We're not pros. And some of us can listen to these lists of gifts and go, are you kidding me? I'm going to listen to God. I'm supposed to know God's word enough to know everything that's going to happen here. I'm supposed to have wisdom and apply it at all these times. I'm supposed to then be able to discern what spirit this is coming from, whether it's something good or bad. There's no way. That's for the pros. Forget it. I'm just out here sitting in the pew. It's not my job. Listen, there is more to it than that. When I was a younger man and my son was a very young man, my middle son, Ethan. He played football. He played football all the way through high school. But when he was little, when he was just getting started, he had a helmet that was about the size of his entire body. And he was out there with a bunch of other big helmets that were banging into each other. And they were just learning. They had no idea what they were doing. The plays were simple, like get the ball from this guy and then hand it to this guy and then just run. And sometimes that was too complicated. What am I supposed to do? You know what? I never looked at him and went, forget it. This is worthless. This is a waste of time. No, we cheered. When we were coaching him, we were on the sidelines with those kids. We cheered. We're like, yeah, way to go. Yes. You, you, you didn't fall over when you got the ball. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Oh, you ran the right way. Yeah. We cheered them on because we loved them and we loved that they were trying and we loved that they came to practice and we wanted them to enjoy the game together and be a part of the team. Listen, God loves you. The gifts he has for this body, he is glad that he has given to you. And if you feel like you don't know how to use them yet, that's okay. Because that's part of growing. It's part of us learning together. And sometimes you're going to run the wrong way. Sometimes you're going to fall down flat on your face. Sometimes you're going to fumble the ball. It's okay. Get back up again. Try again and know that your teammates are standing around you going, hey, it's all right. It's okay. And know the coach is on the sidelines going, yes, you can do this. I believe in you. The Holy Spirit loves you and desires to see these gifts at work in you for the sake of the body so that it can be encouraged and strengthened and comforted. So here's what I would ask as you move from this place. Study the playbook. Take some time to study the playbook. Open up your Bible, read the stories, hear the narrative of how God has worked through his people throughout all of human history. You don't need to memorize it. There might be portions of it that you want to memorize, but just open it up and let it speak to you. Study the playbook. Then practice listening. Because before you want to speak, you need to listen. And those who have been given facets or one or maybe more of these particular gifts need to spend most of their time listening. Listen to what God is saying to you through his word. Listen to what God might be saying to you through a friend within the body of Christ who wants to encourage you or strengthen you. Listen. Practice listening. And know that you can hear. And then when it comes time to speak, speak. And do it humbly. Do it with humility. Bring that word before God's people and just say, yes, it's okay. It's all right. This might just be me, but I just want to share this with you, and then let's listen together and see if this is really what God is saying. That was a lot. 
It's a lot to digest. Take some time. We're just going to take some time and pray right now. In that time, I just want us to listen to the Lord and let him be the teacher in all of this for you and for us as a body. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gifts that you have given to this body. Thank you for the purposes that you have for us, for your desire that all of the gifts that you have shared and have shared with the body are for us here right now. And that we don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid of failing. We can trust and know that you are good and that your purposes are good. So help us, Lord, to understand what you are sharing with us from the playbook. Help us, Lord, to learn and to grow together as your people. Teach us, Holy Spirit, and give us humility to speak as you would call us to speak. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.